tennis fans, and welcome to a special edition of Matchpoint Canada. I'm Ben Lewis, joined alongside Mike McIntyre, and this is a special mini-preview episode of the U.S. Open Women's Final as Mississauga's Bianca Andreescu gets set to face 23-time major champion Serena Williams. Remember, you can follow us on Twitter at MatchpointCan. You can follow me at BenLewisSN590. And you can follow Mike at McIntyre Tennis. So, uh, Mike, we'll start with we'll start right with uh, the, the tournament because I don't think we could have envisioned or drawn up a more fantastic uh, event uh, on the women's side to see our Canadian Bianca Andreescu have the incredible tournament she's had, and then have this opportunity against you know maybe the greatest women's champion of all time. No, absolutely. You said it. I mean, we wouldn't be recording this uh, sort of special version of our podcast if it weren't for the fact that Bianca or a Canadian was in the final. And we've got, as you just mentioned, the greatest player of all time versus arguably the greatest player of 2019 on the WTA Tour with Bianca Andreescu. I mean, we're going to get the the Rogers Cup final that we were all uh, hyped for and that we were looking forward to, but we're going to get it at an even higher level now that it's in a Grand Slam. So there's just so much at stake here uh, for both players, and uh, I, I just absolutely cannot wait for four o'clock on Saturday. Yeah, it's uh, it's certainly incredible. I, I mean, this is it's not uncharted territory on the single side. Obviously, 2014 we saw Jeannie Bouchard reach the Wimbledon final. Milos Raonic did it in 2016 at Wimbledon, first time ever at the U.S. Open we've seen a a Canadian reach the singles final and third time a Canadian has been in a Grand Slam singles final. And, and what an opportunity for Bianca. I, I guess just maybe discussing her tournament as a whole, how it's been. It, it feels like she really hasn't skipped a beat since Rogers cup. And she kind of hasn't skipped a beat all season, really every time she's played. Yeah, it's funny. She came in as the 15th seed, but to me, she was in my top five contenders at the U S open for sure. Just based on the way that she played earlier in the year and was able to immediately recapture that form, which was so impressive in Toronto. Uh, in terms of the tournament so far for Bianca, she spent more time on court than Serena. And even though she started really well, she did have three set matches against Taylor Townsend, who's a very tricky player playing that running gun style of uh, rushing the net. And then Elise Mertens, who uh, played her pretty tough too, taking the first set. That was a three-setter. And even though Belinda Bencic, that was a two-set match, it felt like a three-setter in many ways because both sets did go quite long, and and that one really pushed her. I mean, Bencic looked better at times in both sets, having uh, pretty substantial leads in both sets, but wasn't able to hold on. Bencic's serving was better, but Bianca was able to push that first set to a tiebreak and really steamrolled in the tiebreak. And in the second set, Bencic twice was up by, by two breaks. But Bianca, you just can never, ever let your guard down and think that you've got it uh, because she was able to come back once again. So Bianca, definitely more time on the court, whereas Serena, I'll uh, pass it over to you, but she's looked pretty lethal. Yeah, I, I think we've seen a different version of Serena Williams than than what we saw even even at Rogers Cup, where obviously she did make the final and, and then the final didn't didn't happen with well it happened for 19 minutes with Bianca Andreescu before her back acted up but uh, we're seeing an absolutely dominant player Uh, and of course that's nothing new we've seen Serena Williams play at such an exceptionally high level for the better part of 20 years but really it began with uh, the destruction of Maria Sharapova we tried to hype up that first round match and you know it it, it, it (laughs) tried and failed yeah I know I mean I mean it deserves the hype in the sense of 
five-time Grand Slam champion against 23-time Slam champion, two incredible players, but it's a head-to-head that Serena has completely owned. And I think that just kind of put her on a high alert to get the tournament going, and she really hasn't looked back. Apart from uh, a scare from uh, the young American Katie McNally in the second round, she's been completely dominant. And I mean... Alina Svitolina is a fantastic tennis player. You look at the the end of last year winning the WTA finals, and we've talked about her making inroads at Grand Slams and and getting better and better. She's world number five. And Serena Williams just pummeled her off the court 6-3-6-1. Wang Xiang in the quarters, she lost one game. She was on court for 44 minutes. Uh, This is kind of the dominant Serena Williams we really grew accustomed to in kind of the the mid two thousands where she was absolutely dominating everybody. And uh, you know what? Uh, This isn't biased from, from my end. I kind of think if there's one type of player in this women's draw who could stop Serena Williams, it might be someone with the variety of a Bianca Andreescu. Yeah. If anyone, because uh, yeah, as you mentioned at the Rogers cup, we saw a very different Serena Williams, despite the fact she made it to the final match. She looked very lethargic in practice. Uh, She looked very ordinary at some moments in the tournament. Uh, She was down on herself a lot in her matches. And uh, while she did play well against Naomi Osaka, that match I was impressed with how she was playing. She's taken it up to a much higher level here. The match against Fidelina, absolute, you know, destruction in, in many ways. And to me, the most impressive thing with Serena, and this is the thing that I've been saying and many have been saying since she's come back from giving birth and becoming a mom, is her movement has not been near what it was. And her movement last night uh, against Fidelina was absolutely the best that I've seen it since she's been back on tour. So bring on the Bianca drop shots because I think Serena, the way she's playing like right now, is uh, certainly going to be as prepared as she's been in quite some time for them. Yeah, she's uh, looked uh, definitely, definitely this is her absolute highest level uh, in, in 2019. And, you know, you might argue this is some of the best tennis we've seen from her since that return from, from giving birth. And uh, she finds herself in a fourth Grand Slam final out of the last six. Uh, but she, of course, has so much motivation trying to try, trying to tie Margaret Court's record of 24. Bianca Andreescu, uh, the way she has coped with pressure this entire tournament, really, uh, this entire season has been so exceptional against Belinda Bencic. We saw that first set and the way it played out. And it was Bencic getting opportunities and Bianca's service games and Andrescu shutting down break point after break point. Um, I, I guess I'm curious, how do you think she's going to handle the pressure of her first Grand Slam? Because, you know, she's been on big stages before, but uh, a Grand Slam final is a different animal. I don't think we need to worry about it too much. And uh, sure, there's going to be nerves. Of course, there's going to be nerves. And she's come out slow in some first sets before as well during this tournament. So if it happens again in the final, that shouldn't be I guess, too much of a surprise, but it's her ability to then find another gear, make adjustments mid-match, and I think she'll be able to, you know, at least make those attempts against Serena as well. Uh, She has nothing to lose, in my opinion. You know, tell me in a moment how you feel, but from my point of view, everything in terms of pressure should be on Serena's shoulders. She's nearly 38 years old. How many more years, realistically, will she be able to keep uh, playing for, whereas Bianca has her entire career literally really ahead of her at this point. So I think if she takes that mentality into the finals, that will really serve her well. And I mean, a loss for Bianca is not going to be the end of the world. We're still going to say what an incredible summer and what a fantastic uh, first main draw at the U S open. 
for Bianca Andreescu, whereas if Serena loses, it's going to be, well, yeah, she's made four of the last six finals, but she doesn't seem able uh, anymore to be able to close it out. So uh, I think in terms of pressure, uh, squarely, it's going to be on the shoulders of the American. Yeah, I, I have to agree with you. Um, a Grand Slam final is already an unbelievable achievement from someone who's just 19 years old. And Bianca Andreescu, that's already an exceptional tournament and an achievement in its own right. The way Serena Williams and her career arc and the the accomplishments she's had really since she's been on tour finals, losing in the final is is not good enough for her standard. And uh, people expect her to win. People are going to be, I I think, viewing her as the favorite. Uh, Bianca, I think, has won over a ton of fans in New York at Flushing Meadows uh, this this fortnight. But at the same time, you have the American and Serena Williams. She's going to have the crowd support as well. So, yeah, the pressure really is on her shoulders. Uh, she is the veteran here. Um, it's unbelievable to think 20 years ago when she won her first U.S. Open title, actually her first Grand Slam title, Bianca Andreescu wasn't born yet. Uh, so, you know, she's played in 32 of these. This will be her 33rd uh, Grand Slam singles final. So obviously Serena knows how to handle that moment. But if she were to lose again, I, I think you know, some nerves might be creeping in about her chances of, of surpassing that record of Margaret Court, whereas, as you said, Bianca Andreescu has absolutely nothing to lose in this match. You are listening to our special preview edition of the Women's U.S. Open Final on Matchpoint Canada. I'm Ben Lewis. He's Mike McIntyre. Um, so, Bianca Andreescu, the third Canadian into a Grand Slam singles final in our history in this sport how big of an accomplishment would it be if she wins? Well, it would be the biggest, and that's no disrespect to any previous doubles Grand Slam champions that we have. But uh, to me, in the singles world, and to many, that is the the main event. we got to give props to Jeannie Bouchard and Milos Raonic for a moment. Uh, and, you know, we look back and, and we know that they've lost those those finals. So we maybe take a little bit from them in that sense when comparing to Bianca in the final here because she's yet to have played it. But I think in terms of accomplishments at this point, before the Serena-Bianca match has happened, it's on even footing with those two because when Jeannie got to the Wimbledon finals in 2014, there was an incredible amount of hype around that match. Sure, she lost 6-3-6 love to Petra Kvitova, but uh, still, at the time, epic for Canadian tennis, and we thought there'd be many more for Jeannie, and unfortunately, obviously, that hasn't happened. And for Milos, making the finals of Wimbledon in 2016, he went down in straights to Andy Murray. That one was a bit closer, 6-4, and then two tie breaks. But again, at the time, uh, to have a, a Canadian male in the finals of a Grand Slam, and only two years after Jeannie, we really felt like those two were going to carry us forward and, and, and get that first slam. Now, it, it hasn't happened. Milos, I'd say more so perhaps for injuries, and Jeannie for a host of other reasons. But you have to give both of those players their due credit for what they did in paving the way. And now here we are with Bianca again, who's uh, only 19 years old and and we think uh, is going to have many more opportunities. But the fact of the matter is you just never really know. So let's enjoy this and and hope she plays her best tennis. But uh, in terms of Canadian tennis moments, we've had a couple big ones before. And this one now is right up there and and hopefully able to go uh, one step further.
Yes, uh, that 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 is the dream. But uh, I, and this is not trying to be one of these media pundits adding additional pressure. But the the way Bianca ha- has played this season and and when she's been healthy, I I really do think uh, she has the path of what could be an absolutely extraordinary career because she has been so battle tested throughout this season when she has played. The record against top ten opponents seven and zero. Oh, I, I I don't think anybody on the WTA wants to open a draw and see that they have to face Bianca Andreescu and you know quarterfinals semifinals in this tournament were great examples of that Belinda Bencic was probably frustrated she felt like she played a great first set of tennis and lost it and then up a double break in the second where you feel like maybe your opponent will just give in and let this go three and Bianca just never gives in uh, her fight and her will to win is simply incredible and she has this immense self-belief at the same time uh, she seems like she's still kind of dreaming in all of it. She, you know, she, I don't know if it's her lack of recognition of how unbelievable she is or if it kind of hasn't really just like sunk into her what she's doing. Yeah, the reactions have been great. And I wonder if she's going to run out of reactions because how many more ways can you answer these questions of, <laughs> know. you know, how do you how do you explain this? How are you feeling? Can you believe it? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm running out of ways to describe it in my tweets and the things I write and the radio interviews and whatnot that I do. So there is a little part of me that can't wait for this U.S. Open run to be over for her, whether she wins or loses, because I've run out of adjectives to describe it. Right. So I can only imagine how how she feels. But it's interesting. I mean, less than a year ago, I was at the Tevlin Challenger here in Toronto, which is in uh, in the fall. And, uh, you know, she didn't she wasn't able to, to win that event, though she did make it, if memory serves correctly, to the finals. But she's never going to have to play one of those events again if things, you know, develop the way that that it seems with her game right now. Or at least she's not going to have to play one of those events for a very, very long time. So when you think about how far she's come in less than a year, uh, of course, it is going to feel like a dream for her for her parents who were watching down there and her entire team, as well as Canadian tennis fans and, and not just tennis fans, but there've been so many people that have been brought into the tennis world these past two weeks and including the Rogers cup. I don't know about you, but, but just the people I pass and friends I talk to who aren't typically into the sport, they're watching, they're following and they're into it. And that is an absolutely great thing for the sport here in Canada. Yeah, she's uh, she's completely captured a nation, and it is the water cooler talk right now. Uh, Bianca Andreescu, did you see her match? Uh, do you see how unbelievable she is? And uh, it's really just been a treat, I think, for us uh, on this podcast, following everything she's she's managed to accomplish in 2019. It's been such a stunning year. Uh, I, I know when we were there for Rogers Cup for nine consecutive days, we couldn't have possibly envisioned she could have had the dream tournament that she did. Did and, mm-hmm, and won mm-hmm. Rogers Cup. And to me, like that would have been more than enough for 2019. I, I wouldn't have thought twice of it if Bianca, you know, exited first or second round of the U.S. Open. And here she is in the final. Uh, it, it just shows what a, what an incredible athlete she is and uh, what she can really do, I think, for, for tennis in this nation. Obviously, we're seeing such a rise already. We have uh, phenoms on the men's side, too. I mean, I remember the first day you and I were setting up at the Rogers Cup, getting the audio equipment ready to go and whatnot and talking about, okay, what are we thinking for Bianca here? And, and you know, it was basically like, hope she can stay healthy, mm-hmm. maybe win a round or two, but expectations were low given the amount of time she had missed. And then all the way to the finals, just incredible. What can we take? Is there anything that we can take or anything she can take from that brief 19-minute final against Serena Williams Um, anything at all into this final where she's going to face her, hopefully, for a complete match. 
Well, I, I think one thing she can maybe take is is she's looked across Serena on the other side of the court because there right, is right. an aura of, of a champion of that magnitude. There is an intimidation factor when you step on court um, on, on a center court against, you know, the greatest champion uh, women's tennis has ever seen. So being able to face that on the other side and, and know that you got to play against her and win a few games, uh, granted Bianca's, uh, sorry, Serena's back obviously acted up. I had a thought that maybe Serena, you know, she knew she was dealing with the back issue in that final at Rogers cup going into it, but decided she would tough it out and play rather than withdraw ahead of it. Just to see if, even if I'm 50, 60%, maybe I can give myself a chance to win. And there was a quick mm-hmm. realization with Bianca on the other side and her quality of game that no, I have to be a hundred percent if I want a chance to beat Bianca Andrescu. So that's, that's the way I'm looking at it. Yeah, I mean, after that match in press, Serena was full of praise for Bianca. So there's definitely a mutual admiration there, which we saw develop. And that developed because of Bianca's reaction to what had happened uh, with Serena withdrawing. I mean, she took a a situation that was incredibly awkward for the fans and tournament organizers and and everybody watching at home as well. And she handled it with, with such poise. I mean, as Serena called her an old soul for coming over to comfort her and pump her tires and make her feel good about a, a crummy situation for Serena. And Serena was all full of positives afterwards in, in press saying how she was officially a fan of Bianca. So it, it's, it's a respect level between the two. Serena obviously realizes even just in those four games they played, even with her back injury, you know, just how Bianca's game feels a little bit. And so uh, certainly I, I, I see a, a great potential in this final, I don't think it's going to be lopsided uh, either way. I think it's going to be a real tough one. And uh, and that being said, uh, I mean, how do you, who do you put the, how big do you put the the favorite uh, tag on on Serena in this one? I guess. I'm I'm probably placing it a, about a sixty forty in, in favor of mm-hmm. Serena, um, mm-hmm. but I I do like. Bianca's ability to utilize different tactics. Uh, The Elise Mertens match being a great example of her being able to turn the tables after losing a first set like that, where Mertens was largely dominating. Bianca completely changed her tactics and style and and won the match. I really think this can go three sets. I think Bianca has a chance. Serena, to me, is 60-40 on the favorite scale. Uh, my, My only prediction for this match, and I tweeted it out, is it lasts longer than 19 minutes. There you go. That's a fair, that's a fair bet. I'm with you on that one. And you know, it's funny you say 60, 40 and I'm exactly, that's what I'm telling people when they ask me is, is putting it at that rate as well. It's, um, it's just incredible to have a a moment like this. And I got an email from uh, tennis Canada that was sent out to media saying, and I misread it at first because it said there's going to be a viewing of the match at the Rogers center where the blue Jays play. And I'm like, (laughs) Oh my God, what are they going to fill that stadium? Come on, no way. And then I reread and it was in the sports net grill on site at the Rogers Center. So that made more sense. But kind of cool for fans to be able to go out, get together, watch it together. Um, You know, some media are going to be there. Maybe Carl Hale is going to be there. Uh, You know, the Rogers Cup tournament director, people like that. It's a a cool moment. It'd be great to watch that with other big tennis fans. And and win or lose, uh, the way Bianca's playing, you got to think there's going to be more opportunities. She's going to be into the top 10 next week. And, you know, just assuming she's going to sustain even a mediocre or, or sort of middle ground, sorry, uh, level for the rest of 2019, you got to think she's going to have a pretty good seating at the Aussie Open come January, too. So 
nothing but uh, but positives coming in uh, in the future here for Bianca, the way things are going. Yeah, anything that happens uh, for the remainder of 2019, simply icing on the cake in terms of results for Bianca. Uh, Mike, thanks so much for, for joining uh, me on the, the quick sort of preview episode and i know uh you'll be watching closely uh for the women's final and the men's final which will go sunday women's final though scheduled for saturday four o'clock don't miss it i'm ben lewis for mike mcintyre we will talk to you on monday as we recap the entire event